Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. As we reflect on the first resurrection weekend, there are images, many different images that flood our minds. Of course, we think of the cross and his death. We think of a tomb and his burial. We think of a stone rolled away in his victory. But there's one more detail that I believe most Christians have overlooked. One more detail that I need to draw your attention to. And that is a cemetery that is full of open graves. A cemetery on Friday that was full of open graves. Our text is found in Matthew 27, verses 45 through 56. I'll be reading in the New King James Version. Follow me if you can. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. And let us see if Elijah will come to save him. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. And in that moment, he yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth began to quake and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection. Say after his resurrection. They went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking from afar. Let's title this, After His Resurrection. Repeat this after me. After today, I'm coming out of my grave. Say it one more time. After today, I'm coming out of my grave. I have three points this morning that I'll share with you and then we'll take communion. The first point being this, the great awakening. And verse 51 and 52 you notice that the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth began to quake. The rocks were split and the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and came forth after his resurrection. But I want you to notice, first of all, two things that the veil of the temple was torn. And on this Friday, when Jesus gave up the spirit, when he said, it is finished, These graves were opened on that Friday. Now the words, uh, the word graves here in the Greek, it means memory or a remembrance. Of course, it also speaks to a place of internment, preserving or recalling the memory of a person or a thing. Graveyards are places to remember. Graveyards are filled with Uh, memories. 
Graveyards is where people go to pause and to reflect and to remember somebody's life. Graveyards are places where we go to think of the past. Graveyards are filled with regrets, with failures and successes, uh, unfulfilled dreams. Graveyards are filled with memories. The word raised here in the Greek, it means to awaken from obscurity, to collect one's faculties, and to arouse from the sleep of death. So let me give you just a few resurrection points on this Resurrection Sunday. Keeping in mind, Jesus cries out and says, it is finished, and the earth begins to quake. The veil in the temple is torn, and the graves that were in that garden close to Calvary, where his tomb was, and others, those graves that were there close to Golgotha, they opened up in that moment. With that in mind, graves that represent memories in the past, filled with regrets, graves where we pause to reflect on what was and what should have been, could have been, but never was, graves, and then raised to come out of obscurity, to come out of that memory and that past, to come out. With that in mind, think of this. His death may have opened your tomb but you need to walk out of your grave, your past, or your memory. You have to walk out. Whenever Jesus shouted out and said, it is finished, the earth shook and those graves opened up. But though he opens your grave, though he brings you salvation, though his blood was spilled and because he died, I can live. Though he brought me life, I have to walk out of my grave. You see, it is possible to be alive and still be entombed by memory. The Bible makes it very clear on that Friday that those tombs were opened up, but those bodies did not come out. They did not come out until Sunday morning after Jesus came out of his tomb. You see, those tombs were open. And everyone could look in and see those tombs and see those bodies, but no one came out of those, those graves on that Friday or that Saturday. Because it is possible, it is possible to be born again. It is possible to come alive and yet still be entombed by your memory, still be entombed by your past, to still be entombed by your regrets, to still be entombed by what you did, what they did, or what happened to you. It is possible. The church is filled with people that have been born again. People that have experienced salvation because Jesus on that Friday cried out, it is finished. And their tomb was opened. The door is wide open. Their prison door swung wide open. And yet they're still entombed to their past. They're still entombed to their memories. They're still entombed by what happened to them or what they did. Second resurrection point. It's time. It's time for you and I on campus and online. It's time for us to awaken from our obscurity. Now remember the word raised the word raised means to come out of obscurity. It means to come out and to awaken yourself. It is time to awaken from obscurity and do something significant with your life. It is time on this Resurrection Sunday 
I can't think of a better time than for people, the people of God, to wake up, to stir themselves, and to come out of obscurity, to come out of insignificance, to come out of their past and their regrets and their failures and what you did and what you should have done but you never did, to come out of what was and to step into who you are and do something with your life. Graveyards are filled with regrets, filled with fear and insecurity. You, you just, you've got to understand that these graves were open from Friday afternoon when Jesus said, it is finished. And the Bible says that the veil torn and the earth began to shake and these graves and these tombs opened up. It was open then from Friday afternoon until Sunday morning, that first Easter morning, that first resurrection Sunday, that first day when Jesus walked out. You have to know that he was the firstborn of many brethren. He wasn't the only one that came out that morning. That entire cemetery where those graves opened up, those tombs that opened up of those Old Testament saints, they came walking out with him. He led them out. The Bible says that he led captivity captive. He led them out on that day. And the thing that's so amazing to me as you study this is those graves were open from Friday afternoon until Sunday morning. And you have to know that this was God's exhibition. This was his public display of a, a, a work of art. For this, this from Friday afternoon and, and, and to the second day of Saturday and, and to the third day of Sunday, the Jews stood there and they looked in and they saw these tombs were open and they saw those corpses, but there was nothing they could do because Saturday was a Sabbath day. It was the Passover. They could not touch that. They could do no work on the Sabbath and they could touch no dead bodies. They couldn't do nothing about it. You see, when God decides to do something, religion and church can't do a thing about it. When God gets ready to open your tomb, there ain't nothing man can do. He said, I'll open doors that no man can shut. I'll shut doors that no man can open. And I'm here this morning to tell you that God wants to close the door to your past and open the door to your future. And hell, man, and even the church can't do nothing about it. Nothing. It was his exhibition, a work of art. God was making it clear, come Sunday morning, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. It's like we preached last year on Friday afternoon. It was dark that day. That afternoon, the abuse that Jesus suffered was so embarrassing that even the sun hid its face. It was a dark day, and everybody cried out, what has happened? But just know it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And through the pain of Friday and through the confusion of Saturday came the joy of Sunday morning. God put on this exhibition and said, hold on, it's Friday. But I'm telling you, on Sunday morning, I'm going to do something great those graves were open John chapter 2 and verse 22 reads therefore when he had risen from the dead his disciples remembered that he had said this to them and they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had said they remembered 
And so they believed the scriptures. For my, so my third resurrection point for you this morning is this. Remembering what he said will help you to forget what you did. Think of that. The Bible says that Peter at one point said, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. And I'll live and I'll die for you. Jesus said, you know what? On that statement, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Peter was a rock. Peter was a rock. But the day came when Peter denied him on that dark night of the betrayal. He denied him. But on Sunday morning, on resurrection morning, Jesus told those ladies, go get my disciples and also Peter. He mentioned him. He singled him out because he knew how Peter felt. Peter may have gave up on Jesus, but Jesus refused to give up on Peter. He said, go get him. Go tell Peter I need him. Tell Peter I'm not finished with him. And just remembering, Peter remembering what Jesus said to him, that on this rock I'll build my church. Remembering his words, remembering what Jesus said to him, helped him to forget what he did. And I'm here this morning to tell you that God's given you a promise. Some of you have received prophetic words, and some of you have received words of knowledge, but some of you have messed up. Some of you have denied him. Some of you have walked out on him. Some of you have failed him. Some of you have failed yourself and others. Some of you have messed up. But I'm telling you, if you'll just remember what he said to you, it will help you to forget what you did. If you'll just remember what he promised you, it'll help you to remember. Listen, it'll help you. If you just remember what he promised you, it'll help you to get over what they did to you. The church is filled with people that are hurt. Broken and bruised, filled with regret and failures and offenses, messed up. The church is a breeding ground for offenses. And the church across America in so many ways is dysfunctional because the family is hurt. But when, when we remember what he said to us, when we remember his promises, when we remember his word, it helps us to forget what we did and what they did. Like Peter, your denial of him has not canceled his plan for you. You may have denied him. You may have failed him. You may have walked out on him and turned your back on him. But I'm telling you, he refused to turn his back on you. Through the pain of Friday, the confusion of Saturday, came the joy of Sunday morning. And he said, go get my disciples and tell Peter also, I'm not finished with him. You see, you may deny him, but he will not counsel his plan for you. He will not give up. I know the plans I have for you, he said. Plans to do you good and give you hope. I'm telling you, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Today... Today, talking, talking about awakening, awakening, <laughs> awakening from this grave of memories, awakening from this grave of regrets, awakening from this grave of your past. 
Listen to me. Today, I need you to awaken. I need you to come out of your memories. I need you to come out of your past. I need, to come, I need you to come out of your denial. Today, I need you to wake up from your death sleep by, by remembering what he said and forgetting what you did. You have to. The death sleep. The death sleep has gripped many within the church across America and around the world. The death sleep. The grave is open because Jesus said it is finished. But they're still lying in their tomb. It's wide open. They could walk out at any moment. But they're still locked up to the memories of their past. Locked up to their regrets. Locked up to what they did, what they did Locked up to their offenses and hurt. And it's time for you to wake up and step out. Come out of that death sleep. My second point. Once you come out of that grave, it's time to make yourself visible. Because in our, our text in verse 53, we read, And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. The word appeared there in the Greek means to show oneself, to become visible. So we understand on Friday, Jesus cried out and said, it is finished. The veil in the temple was torn. The graves in that graveyard around Golgotha, the tombs split open. The rocks were broken. The, the, the tombs were opened up, but the bodies remained inside. Through the confusion of Saturday, the disciples scattered and the Jews were trying to celebrate Passover. They saw the open tombs, but they could do nothing because God wasn't done yet. But on Sunday morning, joy cometh in the morning. And on that morning, when Jesus walked out, the Bible says that those Old Testament saints came out with him. And they went into the holy city, being Jerusalem, and they made themselves visible, not to everyone, but to many. So my fourth resurrection point for you this morning is this. When Jesus rose from the grave, others rose with him. You see, when God resurrects you, he raises other things and other people connected to you. That's why it's so important for you to wake up from that death sleep and to step out of your grave and to make yourself known. It's time for the secret agents that serve God to come out of the closet. It's time for you, the sons of God, to be revealed because all of creation, according to Romans chapter eight, that means your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, your coworkers, your community, your parishioners, your friends, everybody is groaning, waiting for you to reveal yourself, to step out and your glorified self and to be everything that God has called you to be. We need you. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost that cloven tongues of fire separated and sat upon each one of them. Each one a unique anointing. Each one a different gifting. Each one with talents and callings. Each one that come together as a collective whole to make a powerful force that can knock down the walls within the city. We preached on that with the series on the symphonic sound of unity. Whether it's a clarinet or a trompone or, or, or a 
saxophone or, or guitar or drums or keyboard. It all comes together. Unity, unity, making this symphonic sound that will make the walls of Jericho come down. Listen, we need you. We need you to take your chair within the symphony. We need you to be filled with the breath of God and then through your brokenness like a clarinet or a saxophone or a trombone, we need you to let the wind of God blow and bring out your own unique sound. We need you. And until you take your chair, the church is deficient. We need you. We need you. Jesus rose from the dead and he rose others with him. As you rise up in who you are in Christ Jesus, you pull your family with you. You pull your friends with you. You pull your church with you. You pull your co-workers with you. Never underestimate the silent influence of example. Never underestimate the power of influence and what your life means to those around you. My fifth resurrection point. After the resurrection, Jesus only revealed himself to people that believed in him. Not everyone saw him. Not everyone. Listen, in your glorified state, as those Old Testament saints that came out of that grave of memories and regrets, hurt in the past, in your glorified state, not everyone will see you. Not everyone will understand you and not everyone will accept you. And you need to understand that. Rather, it's because of your gender, your past, your mistakes, your color. It doesn't matter, but not everybody is going to see you. But many people will. I've come to understand that not everyone will accept me. Not everyone will make way for me. Not everyone will make room for me. Not everyone will like me. Not everyone will accept my message, my ministry, my leadership style, who I am, who God has called me to be. I've shared with you many times that people are always going to either try to define you by your past or they're going to try to shape you into your future according to their opinion. People will always do that. That's just human nature. Not everybody's going to see you in your glorified state. Not everybody's going to understand you. You have to know that, that when you decide that I am going to wake up from the death sleep, and I'm going to step out of that grave of my past and come out of uh, insignificance, being obscured. And, and I'm going to wake up and come out of that insignificance. And I'm going to live my life and be significant for him and make a difference. And it's more about just surviving. It's about being significant. And when I make that decision to make a difference in this world, when you come out, you got to know there are going to be those that will re reject you and will not accept you. There are those that will never see you for who you really are. They'll never see you. We've said it a thousand times. We won't gossip about your past. We'll prophesy about your future. We won't define you by where you've been. We'll define you by where you're going. Because God calls things that are not as, they, as though they are. I said it to you, what was it, two weeks ago. I'm so thankful that he, he, he introduced himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, not Israel, after he was transformed, but he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He takes all the good, the bad, and the ugly, just like it is. 
And he says, I'm going to do something with you. He's, I'm going to change your life and you're going to do something significant in this world. And so you have to understand that not everybody is going to see you. So today, I need you, I need you to come out of the graveyard of your past and step into the power of his resurrection and make yourself visible. Remember in our text, it said after his resurrection, they came out. After his resurrection, they came out. What God has done for you, what Jesus has done for you, it is time now for you and I to come out of that insignificance, to come out of that grave of memories, to step out and to step into the power of his resurrection. How many believes that Jesus can raise you up? How many believes that Jesus can pull you up? How many believes that God's got a plan for your life? that he has a purpose for you to fulfill. He can raise you up. Understand that Jesus was raised from the dead and he's still raising you and I today. That tomb is empty and he's still lifting us up. He's still raising us up to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Listen, the work's not finished yet. He still is raising you up. So repeat after me. After today, I'm coming out of my grave. Repeat after me. After today, men will see the glorified me. Yeah. Hmm. We've talked about awakening from the death sleep. We've talked about stepping out of your grave and letting people see you. You've been obscured, insignificant, afraid and timid and insecure. It's time to step out and be the glorified man that God has called you to be. All of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. My last point is you need to drop your guard. Verse 54, the story continues. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly and they said, truly this was the son of God. Yeah. Two more resurrection points. Number six, for too long you've been guarded when it comes to Jesus and his place in your life. For too long. It's been too long. Guarded. We said it last year, because of COVID-19 and all we've been through, the days of the convenient Christian is over. And it's time for Christians with conviction, not to serve him just on Sunday or Easter Sunday or Christmas, but it's time to serve him every day. It's time to drop your guard. They were guarding Jesus to make sure that he stayed in his place, to make sure nothing disturbed it. And so many people today are guarding Jesus. And this is what's been heavy on your pastor's heart for so long that we guard Jesus. I'll let you have this part of my life, but not this. I'll let you step into this room in my home, but not this room. I'll let you touch this part of me but this part is mine. Way too many secret gardens 
within the hearts of men and women. Secrets that we have, things that we carry, things that we partake of, engage in, things that we do, lifestyles, things, so much, so much. We don't let him touch our finances. We don't let him touch our computer. We don't let him touch our business trips when we travel. We don't let him touch those secret gardens we have. We guard him. But the Bible says this, the centurion that was guarding Jesus, when he saw everything that happened, he says, truly this was the son of God, truly. And so for those of you on campus and watching online that you've been guarding Jesus, keeping him at arm's length, you come to church on Sunday, but on Monday at work, you kind of leave him at home. You've guarded him. I just, I just want you to remember what you've seen. Like the centurion, you need to remember what you've seen. You've seen his suffering, abused, until the son was so embarrassed that the son hid its face. You've seen your salvation when he cried out, it is finished, and you walked beyond the veil that was torn into the father's presence. And your freedom, when the earth began to shake and the grave was opened and you walked out, you need to remember. You need on this Resurrection Sunday to remember the abuse on Friday. You need to remember your salvation and how that you were able to walk beyond the veil into the Father's presence. You need to remember the grave that was open and how he set you free. And you need to lose your heart to him all over again. Every so often, every so often we need to lose our heart to him. Every so often we need to fall in love with him all over again. There are times at home when I'll go in my office and I'll get on my computer and I'll go back to the 70s and the music, the worship, the songs that were real then to me and the songs that touch my life that are mile markers. And I go back and I'll listen and I'll just sit in my office and I'll listen to these old songs that where, where it's like a well that I'll go back to and I'll drink from again because at that well, that's where he touched me. Yeah. And I'll go back to the most songs and tears will fill my eyes. And, and in my office sometimes, I fall in love with him all over again. I'm a 15, 16-year-old boy again. And I just give my heart to him all over again. I just tell him I love you. And I'm 59 years old. And most men at my age are preparing for retirement. And I'm gearing up for the next 20 years on what I think he wants me to do. If my health will hold out. I'm already plotting out my course. I'm thinking I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. 
Because as I said to you two weeks ago, my greatest anointing is still in front of me because he saves the best wine for last. I fall in love with him all over again. Yeah. All over again. Some of you, you need to remember what happened on Calvary because you've seen too much to turn back now. My last resurrection point. It's time to restore the fear of God and the lordship of Christ Jesus in our lives. The centurion saw everything that happened and he went, wow, truly this was the son of God. You see, when you drop your guard and you remember Suddenly, the fear of the Lord comes back. That reverence that says, this is not about heaven or hell, but I can have no part with that. It just, it's offensive to his presence. And I cherish his presence above all. The fear of the Lord to say truly this is the Son of God. So in this moment, a sinner needs to become a saint. A saint who has been sinning needs to repent. A prodigal son and daughter needs to come home to the Father. We need to go back and say again, truly this is the Son of God. So today, I need you to drop your guard. I need you to stop guarding your heart. And I need you to once again trust him as your Lord. It's time. Stephen, come help me. So, on this Resurrection Sunday, today's takeaway. I need you to wake up from your death sleep by remembering what he said and forgetting what you did. Number two, I need you to step out of your nightmare, that grave that represents the past and the memories. And I need to show, I need you to show your glorified self to this world. And number three, I need you to stop guarding your heart. You said, but pastor, you don't know what happened to me. I understand, but I know what happened to him and I know what he did for you. So you need to quit guarding your heart. You need to drop your guard. And you need to trust him again. You need to trust people again. You need to trust the church again. In Matthew 27, verses 52 and 53, it reads, And the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared, showed themselves, made themselves visible to many people. So on this Resurrection Sunday, I came to tell you, 
Your tomb is open and it's time for you to come out. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.